1: United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Today's episode is sponsored by my lit daily online yoga classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years of developing my lit yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a 3-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a lit yoga podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Friday with Friends and I have a very special friend from across the pond, Miss Kirstie Patterson, Forever Body Yoga. I'm going to let her speak to how we have become friends. So welcome to the show. Thank
0: you for having me. It's good to be here.
1: Good to have you. Yeah. Launch right so, in.
0: Yeah. Okay, cool. So for me, I found you on the old Instagram, fabulous world. And I had been struggling a little bit with yoga. I love my yoga. It was great for my mind, but I still wasn't quite getting that connection in my body. And that's where the Lit Yoga managed to create that difference for me. I'm hypermobile. So I was, you know, doing all the bendy stuff and I could and it felt fun. And it was nice to kind of go into that ego place and sit in a class sometimes and be the person that could do certain things. But there was still stuff that I couldn't do. And also some of those things that I was doing. So coming into full wheel, full hero pose. I was getting pain afterwards. And as I started to see what you were doing on Instagram and the information that you were offering, the information in your podcast, I started to change the way I practice and I started to change the way that I teach. And the feedback that my students were giving me was aligning with the feedback that my body was giving me. I was like, this needs to change. This is what I need to be doing. And so then when when you did your recent uh, workshop in Dublin, I jumped on a flight to get to that, (laughs) get as much as I can as soon as possible. And yeah, then I'm doing Costa Rica as well to get even more.
1: Which will be amazing. Three weeks together and just going through this method and how it is designed for everybody, like your, your wonderful brand and, and how it through the body, we will be able to make huge changes for ourselves and for other people, guiding them with education and knowledge and empowering people. And yeah. so tell us a little bit about your, uh, we know that you were very bindi, but what, when did you discover yoga?
0: I dabbled in yoga for the first time, probably about 20 years ago now. And being that I was bendy, when I turned up to my first yoga class and I was pulled back and forward folds, because although my my hands could get down to my feet, no problem, the teacher was like, you know, bring it back a little bit, probably encouraging me to use that core. It didn't sit well with my younger ego. (laughs) I was (laughs) like, I should be ace at this and I should be getting so much positive feedback. Why are you telling me not to do this? It didn't make sense for me at that time. And I've dabbled in and out of it over the years. And it's probably about seven years ago now, eight years ago now, that it started to click a little bit more. And my body had endured so much more over that time. I had had more injuries. I'd pushed myself more and more. And I needed that quiet and that connection. And yoga started to make more sense for me. And I signed up to a yoga retreat, never really doing yoga for any extended period of time. I hooked into some private classes and it started to make sense. And I started to need it. And then I wanted to share it.
1: What, were you, where what was the, your, your full-time gig at the time?
0: I was a chartered accountant,
1: so quite different. Yes.
0: <laughs> yeah. Hence, I really needed yoga, that pressure working. And I worked in the, in the corporate space and that pressure to perform was really high from the organizations that I worked for, as well as from myself. Um, I had very high perfectionist traits and you can't be perfect. Mm-mm. And As I stepped more into yoga, I managed to chill a little bit. And I was doing a lot of reflection on myself at the same time, reading Brene Brown's books. And I managed to step out of or step away from the perfectionist. And my performance started to improve (laughs) in all sorts of areas. And I wanted to be able to give that to other people and over time I've stepped out of the the world of accounting and into the world of yoga.
1: That's amazing. I love what you said that um it allowed you to get outside of that perfectionist tendency which of course is a never-ending never-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. And but changing just one aspect of our lives through the body, through the awareness, through the paying attention how that transferred for you into other ways, improving other aspects of your life and and that you could actually perform probably quanti- quantitatively better than you had before. Now, what, you have done a training before. Yes. So yeah. tell me a little bit about um, what did you find, because I think you're going to speak to a lot of Present and current yoga teachers, and I think there's always people who want to become yoga teachers, and there's a lot of uh, w- because you love it, right? You love it, and you want to share mm-hmm. it, and then you want to get trained in it. But then um, a lot of trainings fall short of giving you the equipment and tools to then carry that out and actually feel like you can su- successfully educate people in the realm of of the you know yoga practice. What, without going into details about your particular training, what did you find that was missing um, in that training and in others that you feel like compelled to do my training?
0: So I did love my training, but I wanted to know more about the body and how that moved and how that works. You get you get what you need in your initial training, and as I did it, I could. I didn't feel like some things were still right in my body. I wasn't getting the, the answers to the questions I had. And sometimes they were given, absolutely, but they still didn't feel right. When I was to do what I was being advised to do, it didn't feel safe. It didn't feel right. It didn't feel supported enough in my body. And I wanted to know more about that. And that is where I get a lot from your training, from your podcasts and from what you you give out on Instagram, on, on, on your daily as well. I loved the use of words, my understanding of language and the emphasis of that, that I got from my first round of training. And I managed to weave those two together within my classes now. But I want to be able to understand that body even more.
1: So what do you think is what do you think um, for yourself, the advantage of really understanding the body more, like embodying the practice, what has it revealed to you?
0: For me, mm, that's probably a big one. Mm. <laughs> um, the tension that we hold in our body. So we're walking around in these bodies and we don't understand them. Even simple things, like when I start with my yoga basic students, the first thing I do is talk about that posture. So, you know, in, in the lip world, it's that, that triple S, that neutral spine, that neutral pelvis. And they so many of them feel really weird because we don't have that upright stance. We don't breathe properly. And it's just that little piece about how we can take even standing upright from what is considered a yoga stance, to how we can move and walk on a daily basis to breathe clearer, to think clearer, to make smarter decisions. And it kind of brings those two pieces together. And we're able to listen to the body, which I think so often we're discouraged from doing, Mm
1: -hmm. pushing
0: back, pushing through. And if we actually take that moment, take that opportunity When we can have a little bit of stillness, a little bit of calm, whether that's a a pause and a pose or taking a few moments in a class to sense what's happening in the body, we can turn into that more. Our body's telling us what's happening in the mind as well. That connection between those two brings it together.
1: And in your coaching, yes. In your coaching, what is your mission with that?
0: My goal is to provide people with a safe space where they have the opportunity to build the strength and the stability in the mind and in the body. So it's not just about building strong, stable bodies. If the mind is shouting at you when you're thinking about your to-do list or you're comparing yourself to the other students in the room, it's going to be hard to build the strength and the stability in the body. So I want to be able to create that space for people to do both. And I think
1: I do. I bet you do. <laughs> yes, so, my students tell me I do. So. I, 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 right, through the core. More core always helps. <laughs> yes. And and so on a more personal level, beyond like leaving the profession that you were mm-hmm. trained in, yeah, changing this perfectionist mindset that can be very gripping yes. and anxiety-producing, yes. are there any other things that yoga has really helped you with, healed or facilitated in your own growth?
0: Yes, (laughs) very much so. So it's a blog I wrote recently. The question I was asked recently is how has yoga changed me? And uh, as as a child from quite a young age, from the age of three, I was sexually abused as a child. And that influenced everything in my life and how I walked through life, how I perceived everything in life. And I did start therapy from a very young age. It came out what was happening when I was seven. And I started therapy really young. And a lot of that was about managing the feelings. And I did a very intensive round of therapy when I was in my 30s to actually go back and not just manage the feelings, but understand more what had happened to me step back in time to be able to step forward. And that was really hard. And I was still finding it incredibly difficult to be present in my body, to listen to it, to not be scared to what I was feeling. And that was a big piece that changed with the yoga. It felt like for me, yoga was the final piece that brought me the connection. Whereas I could now understand with the therapy, what had happened, how it had influenced me, but how it didn't have to rule my life anymore. But my body was struggling with that. And yoga was that missing piece. To be mm-hmm. safe in my body, that came with yoga.
1: So the residual was that your body didn't trust and was probably, I guess, still harboring mm-hmm. the the reality, not uh, the the. The reality of what had happened and um, yeah and it's I guess through your own inner and outer strength that you were able to re in a way reconnect reawaken yeah. the body
0: yeah it's really hard
1: <laughs> I'm sure it is and I'm so sorry yeah. that I'm always so sorry to hear those stories and unfortunately they're so common they it's are. so common for women um, of course men as well yeah to have endured um, sexual, emotional, physical trauma. And, and what that is, you know, that the residue, the impact of that, um, has, is so it's, it lasts for, for such a long time. And some people never, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, they block it off. They've, of course, this has been studied over and over again. Do you find that you bring that voice into your coaching? I mean, are you looking for a particular population at all like that people that have gone through trauma
0: um it's not that i'm looking
1: for them as Mm -hmm. such
0: i think quite often they find me
1: yeah that's always the (laughs) case, right yeah
0: yeah and um and i don't know about other people who have experienced trauma but i can often sense That is in people. So some people come to my class and they don't have it. And I think that's great not to have endured that trauma of any kind that is. But most of us have been through something. And from what I hear from my students, it's the space that I provide for them. And that there's no pressure to do anything in my classes. There's no pressure to be anything in my classes. And to me, it's very important how I deliver and the language that I use. And everything's an invitation. There's no requirement to do anything. Creating that opportunity as well for individuals to step into the body, to maybe close the eyes down. Maybe that's not comfortable for them. Mm -hmm. And giving them those options. And, and I think it is my experience, my history that drives me to create that safety.
1: I bet you can really speak to it in such a authentic way. You know, I was talking about this with my online training group. Someone was saying, what do you do when somebody's fidgeting all the time in Shavasana and blah, blah, blah. It's not disturbing anybody else, but I really want, you know, her to have this experience. And I was like, you are not in charge of somebody having an experience, right? Yeah. You don't have no idea what is going on. There are many people, and I only know this, not having gone through it myself, but having, being witness to it, being told it, working with people of varying backgrounds that sometimes lying there still with your eyes closed is not something that feels good or safe. No. And I love how you said it's an invitation. Like we are setting up an experience we're setting we're through our through our knowledge and our education our own personal journeys where all of it comes into play but it's not a sage on the stage do what i say duh, 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 mm-hmm. you you should be feeling this you need to not move here blah 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 mm-hmm. and i think that's it is a little counterculture to the yogic kind of traditional yoga stuff But boy, are we all ready for it. I mean, one lineage after another is falling. (laughs) It's like, why? Because when you set that, that dynamic up, it is actually feeding on the people who are the most vulnerable. Yeah. Being told what to do, saying this, holding this, you have to check off this before you do that. It's like, the rigidity of the rules and the regulations, and how it's given, and it does really prey upon the people who who um, like who, who feel very they need a dogma, you know, they need it. But yeah. really, where they grow and become more connected to their body is through the facilitation, through the invitation, mm-hmm. through the setting up the environment. Yeah. Now, on that note, what are your thoughts? And I'm sure they change, and I'm sure it's mm-hmm. case by case. But what are your thoughts about touch, adjust adjustments, assistance? Knowing that people who uh, have had trauma may or may not want anyone to touch them. What are your What are your Do you have any kind I of have many thoughts? Yeah, yeah. Tell me, <laughs> tell me, God. because you know yeah. I'm always looking. Because again, not having had it myself, yeah. but having worked with thousands of people in a variety mm-hmm. of ways as a physical therapist and otherwise. I believe touch is incredibly, incredibly healing. Yes. And I feel like the intention of it uh, should be felt, right? But I also mm-hmm. that's that is presupposing that my intention is just going to be received in the way that I want it to be. So I'd love yeah. to hear, yeah. Tell me your thoughts. Yeah.
0: So your intention, the teacher's intention, whether it's a yoga teacher, a physio, a doctor, whoever your intention is going to be filtered by the perception and the experience and the history of the individual receiving it. So in my classes, I um, every mat has a reversible, hands-on, yes or no adjustment card. And I explain that at the beginning of each class whenever there's a new student in there. And I remind my students that they can, on each day, choose what they want, and it's reversible because as you move through your flow, Something might come up in the body or something might come up in the mind, and you can change your mind. It may be that you're a no adjustments person, but I would hope that I can create the space where somebody might be comfortable for that one day and they have the opportunity to change that to a yes. So I have that. I also always, when I'm approaching somebody's body, and especially if you know the head, the head is down. So even in a downward dog or a dolphin or anything like that. I'm just saying to them, I'm just going to put my hands on the, on the side of your hips to let them know they can't see me coming into their space. So I should be checking, mm-hmm. just making sure that that's still going to come. If somebody's really stepped into their body; they're out of the minds. That connection is fully there. They don't might not know that you're appeared beside them. <laughs> I don't want to scare anyone mm-hmm. whether it's because they have a history or they're just not a person who likes people in their space.
1: So I really think that was one of the best explanations I've ever heard. Oh, great. I like the I, Well, I like that. It's a yes, no card. We have chips at the studio and it, quite frankly, we don't haven't used them because it's just, um, it's very, it seems very messy. You know what I mean? Like a chip yeah. can go flying. It can be, like, mm-hmm. take a chip if you, it's like in, empowering the person. Take a chip if you want it. Well, in my studio, that's going to be 99% of the people. Yeah. And they're just more used to it. And I think, uh, you know, not again, not to assume, but there's just, that's a lot of stuff. And and I the card is like less, kind of literally less messy. And, and also can be like, say you have a chip, but then you're right. Like, I don't want it. Like, I'm going to come down on the floor. I don't want to be adjusted at this stage. Okay. Yeah. to get rid of the to get rid of that chip is like just the card it's just such a softer way of communicating moment to moment you're always you always have that right there so i love love that idea and um i'm yeah. understanding it a lot more than i did in the past and you know i cuz i just want to be the best most compassionate teacher that i can be and and i've come to learn that again all my intentions could be wonderful but it has, has nothing to do with me it has to do mm-hmm. with you know where the readiness is and and where the that the stage of healing and and etc so mm-hmm. thank you for explaining that so well i think i'm going to get some of those yes no cards
0: <laughs> yeah i just made them with a the business
1: card Oh you made them even yeah. better yeah. i love it yeah. okay yeah. <laughs> yeah this has been like that's that's so amazing i love that i love that because it's just i love that it's great. Somebody's in control all the time. And it's mm-hmm. like, and, and housekeeping wise, it just, it feels soft and easy to execute. Thank you for that. Well, in the next number of months, mm-hmm. uh, before the training, after the training in the next year, what are your, what, what are your big goals? Like, what are your, what are your goals in the yoga world uh, more globally and more personally?
0: Um. Nice question. (laughs) So, you know, I'm still running my own classes. Um, They're smaller. I want those to be bigger because I want to be able to bring the yoga to more people. I want to be able to create that space for different people to step into the yoga world. It can be perceived, have that perception of being flighty. Um, not necessary for me because I'm this kind of person right. And I want more people to be able to try it to know that it's flighty in the
1: sense that um it's not steeped in tradition as much or flighty
0: that it's not a real workout <laughs> that it's mm-hmm. not really for me and that i don't I don't do yoga. I'm mm-hmm. in the gym.
1: I know and that the, the amazing yoga. thing is it's a great it's for. I, like, like you're saying forever, but like, I think it is for everyone. I think mm-hmm. you believe that too. And yeah. it is that the challenge for us is to really show people, show the gym yeah. people who would never step on a yoga mat, show the yeah. yoga people who are really very comfortable in the same old, same old, you know, show the, uh, co- the office people who again, think yoga yeah. is for woo woo, you know, like it's, it really meets you where you are, and then it's fundamentally trying to just say, "Hey, let's together and and individually work on being more awake in life, more yeah. observant of the way we move and stand and talk and treat each other, and believe in this the depth of our own power."
0: Yeah, and I want to create the space and the opportunity for people to do that. I want to be able to take yoga further. When I think about the person that I was even five years ago, sitting at my desk, constantly wanting more, having no idea what I was feeling and not having that connection. I know I'm not the only person who feels like that. (laughs) And if I can help those people bring that connection to them, that would be amazing. So I know I can't do all of that from, from where I live here in London. And I want to start being able to deliver a bit more of that. So some more yoga for the anxious mind, yoga for the tense minds. Mm-hmm. Deliver that, some of that online as well. So step into that space. I love so, it. So where can yeah.
1: people find you now?
0: So my website is foreverbody.co.uk. Um, and then I'm on Instagram at foreverbodycoaching.
1: And you Facebook teach in Facebook. London,
0: yeah. So I teach in Greenwich as well as in the city, so around Shoreditch, and yeah. So I'm just trying to trying to build that slowly and consistently.
1: Keep expand. at it, because I know there's yeah. a lot of lot of London people out there that uh, love this style of yoga. Love it, love it, love it, yeah. and they will just adore taking class with you because you're so, I hope so. you're bringing <laughs> all of uh, just your eloquence and and your Kindness and wisdom and all that into it. And in such a um, thank you. Yeah. uh, Well, I can't wait to spend three weeks with you in Costa Rica sooner than later. Yeah, I know. Anybody (laughs) out there, we actually had a couple of rooms that were given to me from the (laughs) Deer Retreat Place. So I have a few rooms left. I do cap it um, in my online, we have a lot more people. And but in my training, my in person, I don't take any more than 25 people. And we're we're not going to get up to there because even with these rooms, there's enough singles. I think we would have 20 at the most. That's um, it's a great amount of people to really get a lot of attention and and yeah, just learn so much in a beautiful environment, one of my favorite places on earth. So you can learn more about that at litlyoga.com, l y t yoga.com. And Christy and I will both be there. So you can spend time with both of us. Thank you so much for your time today, for for thank sharing you. um, your own story. And everybody's story helps others. You can touch so many with yours. So thank you for your courage and um, your own incredible power. Thank you. And thank to you. all of you thank listeners you. out there, as always, pulling for you, sending you lots of hugs.